Hi, you're listening to Steve the Transit Camper. This is the fortnightly update episode. I've got a special guest with me, Karen Henney, and she wants to know a little bit about the legalities and the safety of sleeping in a camper van overnight. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Karen Henney, and she's going to tell us a little bit about why she's interested in campering and the safety of campering. Hi, I'm Karen, good friend of Steve's and a big fan of Steve, the Transit Camper YouTube channel. So what does it mean by stealth camping? I don't understand. That's a good question, Karen. So essentially, stealth camping means you're parked up somewhere for free overnight and nobody knows you're in the back of your van. So instead of being on a campsite where everything's organised and you're kind of locked in, you will be on a public street somewhere or in a lay-by, locked up in your van and nobody will know you're there and it's all for free. So is it legal then? And can I have a glass of wine while I'm there? That's a good point, Karen. So the law is very explicit on that. You cannot be in a vehicle parked overnight anywhere if you've had a drink because you are still in control of the vehicle and you still could get prosecuted. So if you are camping stealth, you cannot have a drink of alcohol. Too risky. So the other question you've asked there, is it legal? There's no specific law that says you can't be asleep in the back of your van. And there's no law that says that you can't stop on a motorway in a proper designated area and have 15 minutes sleep to prevent an accident and to keep you safe. So, yes, it is legal, but you obviously want to use common sense on where you park and don't cause a nuisance. So it isn't illegal as long as I'm not making a nuisance of myself, parking over driveways and not having the music blaring. And I don't have a glass of wine. Right then, what happens if I'm fast asleep in the van with my grandchildren and somebody knocks on the van? That's an interesting question, Karen. And I'll be honest, in all the years that I've stealth camped in and around housing estates, industrial estates, beaches along the coast, I've never had anybody knock on the van. But I think it's always safe to have a plan. So you could have things in the van like pepper spray. You could make sure that the van's locked and you could fit extra locks on the inside of the van. But you also need to be able to get out quick if somebody decides to do something stupid on the outside of your van. So these are scenarios that we all worry about, but they really just don't happen. Okay, then. So I'm just worrying over nothing there then. I think I would advise single women with their grandkids in the back of a van to perhaps consider using a campsite. You've got the advantages of electrical hookup. You've probably got a club on site. So I would probably advise if you're a single woman with children, it's probably not the best idea to stealth camp. Having said that, lots of single women we see on YouTube choose to take the van life and they live in their campus full time. I think they're just very cautious and very well experienced on where they should park and how to keep safe. And I commend them for that. 
So what do you do about ventilation in the van then? Because there's going to be three of us. You, you can't suffocate in a van, can you? That's a great question, Karen. Even if you didn't convert your transit camper or any van, all of them have ventilation already built in. So if you were to open your rear doors of your van and slam them, if there was no ventilation, air inside the van wouldn't be able to come out and the doors would bounce back at you. So all vans have got a reasonable amount of ventilation in them already built in. But in the case of a converted camper, what you tend to find is they have a roof vent fitted, which may be running all night, extracting out stale air and moisture. And they'd also have gas dropouts, which are holes in the floor of the van, which allow fresh air to draw in. And also any heavy fumes, such as colour gas, to drop out. So it's usually pretty safe on a converted camper. Does it get really cold in the winter and, or, or really hot in the summer? in this van? That's an interesting question, Karen. So in my van, it does get extremely hot in the wind in the summer because when we go to France, in a, which we try and do every year, with the door shut overnight, it can get really, really hot. So we have got an extractor fan inside the van, pulling that hot moisture and air out. And we've also got a couple of fans that run off 12 volt batteries and that cools us down a bit, but it does get really hot in the summer. In the winter time, I'm okay, because as all my audience know from the podcast, I've got one of those Chinese heaters, and that pumps out a lot of heat. So you can have it as hot or as cool in the van as you want in the winter. So if I borrow your van and, we, and I go to France, how much is it going to cost for say two weeks rent and of the campsite and say gas, electric, water, etc. So first of all, you'd have to decide how you're going to get there. And just to do the uh, British Isles part of the journey is going to cost you probably about 90 to £100 in fuel because you've got to drive from the Midlands where you live all the way down south to the Dover Tunnel. So the tunnel then costs roughly £300 return. Sometimes you can get it a bit cheaper. I think the cheapest we've paid is £220 return. And that where you set the date that you're going to return. And when you get to France, everything becomes a lot cheaper. So the diesel's cheaper in your van. And then depending on whether you take the minor roads or the major roads, you'll have to pay a toll on the motorways, which can be anything from €12 Euros for... 10 15 miles depending on which motorway you take and once you get to your campsite which you must have pre-booked before you get there because they're usually fully booked we book a campsite where we can hook up it's included in the price we can take a dog included in the price obviously you get free water and a sluice to empty your toilet and a pitch to put your tent up and that's very cheap. It only costs us about uh, £160 for a fortnight. So it's really good. It's quite cheap in France. Really? You can take Cat the dog abroad with you? That's amazing. Yes, of course. I take Cat the dog wherever I go. So the only thing you have to do with your pets 
is make sure that they're vaccinated for they've had all their injections prior to going and they have to have their passport with them which is a pet passport you check them in they just get checked over at the channel tunnel then you take them abroad and then before you come home you have to check them in with a vet and they have to take a worming tablet and the vet has to give the tablet and it's very simple there's plenty of um, vets all over france and you can just book in and go and get that done and i think they charged us 30 euros you mentioned earlier steve about the toilet and i really really a bit unsure about this because as you know i can't be doing with nasty smells is it as bad as i think it's going to be the dreaded portaloo no it's not as bad as what you think it is karen obviously we only do number ones in our toilet inside the van and we use the special liquid that goes into the bottom of the pan and the special liquid that's used for the flush so there is definitely no smell you would not know if you got in my van that i've got a portaloo in there even after a few days of using it obviously in the daytime when you need to do other chores you go to a public toilet somewhere and they're easy to find all over britain and all over france so no portaloos aren't a problem they're very very hygienic very very clean they definitely don't smell okay so i'm driving in france and i break down what do i do perhaps hopefully i've got oh well i would have aa cover but does that aa cover still cover you in france yeah i think it's everybody's worry that they're going to break down when they're going abroad so last year or the year before last because we haven't been able to travel with covid we were driving down and we developed an awful knock on the van and it knocked and knocked and knocked and we just took it easy we carried on with our route i'm not somebody that backs out and just says no i'm not happy and drive home we have got green flag insurance but the only trouble with any insurance is or breakdown covers, they'll only take you to the destination or bring you home. You can't have both. So we decided that we thought we did have a mechanical problem, but we were 50 or 60 miles away from our holiday camp, so we decided to press on. And we got there and it was fine. So then we decided on the way home, you need to be travelling for the breakdown. We thought we'd just give it a go. And lo and behold, on the way home, the knocking noise disappeared and everything was fine. I have since had that repair done and it was a drive shaft coupling underneath the van. So that was on its last legs. So yeah, your breakdown cover will get you there or bring you home. Any breakdown on a holiday, as you know, completely ruins your holiday. Okay then, so I'm I'm driving in France and the van breaks down. So is... Is it going to be in French that they're going to answer this phone call to me? The um, breakdown, the AA or whoever? And do I need a phrase book? That's a fascinating question, Karen. So most breakdown covers use an app now, which is satellite located. So all you do is press a button and it says I've broke down. And then it gives you an instruction to wait there while it pinpoints you. And then they phone you. So you don't have to worry about French people and knowing the accent, Karen. 
Secondly, it's always good to take a phrase book because you might end up in a village where they are only French-speaking people. And if you can say minimum requirements in their own language, they would respect that much more than just shouting. So yeah, take a phrase book, but don't worry about breakdown cover. It's all on your app. Okay, so I've done quite a lot of caravan in holidays and I really like, I really do like that. So is it as comfortable as a caravan can be? Or or is it, because I'm, obviously it's a lot smaller, what do you think? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I've used a caravan a lot as well. I used to tow a caravan. I think what you've got to consider is if you're stealth camping, you're in a tight space, the doors are going to be closed and you're trying to keep your head down as much as you can so you don't want to be noticed but if you go into a campsite which we do a lot as well you're going to have your tent set up by the side of you your doors are going to be open and you've got plenty of space there's a shower block on site and it's, it's normally pretty good really so no it's not tight and cramped but it will be if you're stealth in and then you're saving money i think you should take me with you then when you next go just me and your family, and I'll see how I get on. Because I don't fancy taking my grandkids till I've tested it out first. What do, you, what do you reckon, Steve? I would definitely take you camping with us, Karen. No doubt about it. What we do is set up the camper with a tent by the side, which is a four-man tent. And you and my partner can go in the tent and I'll sleep in my transit van because I'm always happy in there. It'd be great fun. Let's do this. Just out of interest, Steve, has it cost you a lot to, to do this van up? Like, to buy it and then all, the, all that you've done to it? Because you're always working on it. Yes. <laughs> I'm joking. Yes, it has cost a lot of money, Karen, and it's difficult to put a price on what I've done inside. But the initial van to buy was 16000 So that's the investment, I suppose. And then all of the stuff that I've put inside probably accounts, I would imagine, to about sort of 4,000 in parts and bits. And then it costs you your own time. So what price do you put on your own time? I reckon I'm worth £20 an hour. And it's taken me two years. So if you want to settle up that final bill, that would be great. Okay, folks, so you've been listening to Steve the Transit Camper. I'm going to leave this podcast here. Thanks very much to Karen, our special guest. She's going to play this to her grandchildren now. I've included a few outtakes on the end just to embarrass Karen, really. That's all it was for. Don't forget to tune in. Steve the Transit Camper, my YouTube channel. Take care. Hi, I'm Karen, a good friend of Steve's. Hi, I'm Karen, good friend of Steve's and a big supporter of Steve the <laughs> Okay, Steve, so I'm in I'm in France and I broke down and no Hi, I'm Karen No <laughs> Right, as you're aware, Steve. I'm a big...